Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church right here in San Antonio, Texas. Now, this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we're in a brand new series on wisdom based on the book of James. And it may be that today, foolishness gets more attention than true wisdom. The Bible lists wisdom as a key for growing, building, succeeding, and experiencing real life. So keep an ear open on what we can learn about the nature of wisdom and how to get more. The message is called Whatever Happened to Wisdom? It's time for Real Life Radio. Wisdom is displayed through conduct and always impacts our conduct. And as I mentioned, James contrasts two different kinds of wisdom here. He talks about one, he describes it as earthly, unspiritual, or fleshly, and demonic. And remember, our enemies are, you know, the world, the flesh, and our spiritual enemy, Satan. So he's really talking about that. There is a wisdom that just comes from the enemy, or that is actually in the realm of the enemy. And he contrasts that, so there's the earthly, unspiritual, and demonic, versus that wisdom that comes from above. He says the The world's wisdom is rooted in strife, envy, selfish ambition, creating disorder, versus or opposed to the wisdom from above, which he describes as pure, peaceable, gentle, full of mercy, impartial, sincere, bearing good fruit, reaping a harvest of righteousness sown in peace. So what I want you to write down this morning, and I want to just really say and challenge you with, is that the only true wisdom is God's wisdom. The only true wisdom is God's wisdom. Every other wisdom in time will fail. And some of you may get, you know, get, want to give me some pushback on that, and that's okay. You might go, well, but I know a guy who doesn't know God at all, but he makes some really wise decisions. Well, just because someone makes wise decisions, they might even be aligning with godly wisdom. That's certainly possible. There are some people who don't believe in God, whatever, but they've been taught some things of godly wisdom. And that's great. They will actually see good fruit from those wise decisions. But there's other times you might go, well, this guy, he's a great businessman. He's really shrewd, and he made some wise decisions in his business. But, man, he's ruthless. I just want to say to you, that type of wisdom will always fail in time. There is a wisdom that might yield what looks like good fruit for a time, a season. But the only true wisdom is God's wisdom. Listen to what Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 1, where he describes this. Beginning verse 18. He says, for the word of the cross, or the gospel is folly or foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. In other words, the best that man has to offer in his own natural fleshly wisdom is going to pass. Verse 20, where's the one who is wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. So there are these two types of wisdom. 
But only one is real and lasting, and that is God's wisdom. You know, there are those seasons in life, those places where conventional wisdom and God's wisdom collide. And you know them when you get to them. And for a follower of Jesus Christ, that can be really challenging. I remember when we started this ministry. It started, even before we planted the church, as an outreach in the inner city. Had a ministry, we still have it, called Real Life Ministries. But, so we're going to go. We started one of the housing projects here in San Antonio. We were ministering to the poor. And God began to speak to us and lay on our hearts, I don't want you to raise funds to support your ministry. I want you to walk by faith. And it's like, okay, but in all of the how-tos on how to start a nonprofit to do ministry to the poor, they've all talked about how you need cash flow and you've got to keep a steady cash flow. And God's like, yeah, I know, but how about listen to me? I want you not to fundraise because I want to show you I will take care of you. And it's like, okay, God, that's awesome. That sounds so good, man. It's so, so much like what you would say, God. <clears throat> but we got these kids and they're really addicted to those three squares. So how's that going to work? I'm going to meet all your needs. You do what I ask you to do. I'm going to meet all your needs. Okay, that's awesome, God, and I believe that, but okay, um, so, like, so I can budget. How much am I going to make? You know, just for the budget and stuff, you know. I've got my Dave Ramsey book here, God. I just need to, you know. And, and he's like, oh, you're going to make 100%. 100% of everything you need. Okay, okay, that's great, God. That is exciting. Um, so when... I get paid, how much will I have? And Laura's like, oh, you'll have enough. Awesome, awesome. And you know, I'm obviously being a little bit light, but that's kind of exactly what it was like. And we saw God do amazing things as he met our needs. And we discovered something. We discovered God was more interested in raising faith than in raising funds. And he was more interested in what we were becoming than in us having a steady cash flow. And he did. He met every need. It, just, it was awesome the way God met our needs, but it was so counterintuitive and counterculture. Even Christians didn't get it. Even Christians said, well, you're not doing it right. And we're like, I know, but this is the way God said to do it. And so we kind of have to because, you know, we're followers of God and all. It's true, and uh, you know, I, I, don't say that. I, did, I don't say that in judgment. That was what he said to us. I'm not saying anyone else was bad. I'm just saying he wanted to teach us something. And I came to discover that as he was trying to build in us to be people of faith, because that's hard in a culture that has support or some sort of reinforcement or some sort of financial thing that helped back you up for everything. We have insurance for everything, and God was just saying, I want you to kind of put all those other supports aside, and I want you to learn to trust me. And I I came to discover he was going to have us be a ministry that he was going to ask us to take big steps of faith. And we would need that training. In fact, the biggest and most recent crazy step of faith, you're sitting in it. This property, this building, this whole thing. I can't tell you how many people looked us in the face when we said, yeah, we're going to buy the Verizon Center. Yay! You know? And they're just like, are, are you out of your mind? We're buying the Verizon Amphitheater. I, I had people, and again, understand, we hadn't done big real estate transactions like this before, obviously. In fact, the year we did it, we were the largest kind of square foot commercial real estate transaction in the city. But we didn't know what we were doing. We just knew God told us to do it. And so when we met with our architects before, it was during this phase when we were doing our due diligence and we were kind of getting ready for the purchase. We were meeting with the architects and getting some ideas of what we would do and how we would make it work. The senior architect in this firm, pretty good-sized firm, uh, 
came into the meeting, sat there for minutes, and he, he was just like, and he said, this is a white elephant. And he wasn't talking about a nice little Christmas gift exchange, right? He's talking about something nobody wants that you'll never be able to get rid of, you'll never be able to afford. This is ridiculous. And he made that crystal clear. In fact, we did real great with that architectural firm. We were working with some of the guys on some other things on a master plan we're looking at for this property. And uh, they brought that up. They kind of thought that was really funny that their boss said that, you know. But he just said it was crazy. A guy from Frost Bank who was very nice, I mean, a really kind guy, very nice, but he just said, yeah, this just doesn't make sense. We don't, we don't think this is going to work. We, we just don't think, we don't think you should do this. Another bank told us, well, forget all the developed property. Forget by the amphitheater and the, all the infrastructure, the parking and all that. He said, you buy the bare 40 acres up front where our fields are, you buy that. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe partner with you on a project like that. But, but this is just, this doesn't make sense. And understand something. We really wanted to be humble enough to listen and to learn. Because these guys, these are professionals. They're experts in their field. See, but they were limited. Because they couldn't take into consideration the fact that we listened to them. We really did. And then we'd go back and pray, and God would say, no, no, I got this. And so we'd go tell them, no, it's okay. God said he's going to hook us up. It's all good. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Okay. And they did what you just did. They laughed. (laughs) See, the only true wisdom is God's wisdom. And there's a couple reasons for it. Let me tell you a few things about God's wisdom real quickly here. The first is God's wisdom is always aligned with reality. God's wisdom is always aligned with reality. Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Here's something I want to say to you, okay? This is what we learned. This is what he wanted to teach us deep in our spirit and what I want to say to you. Most of you probably believe this, but maybe you're a guest here and you're on the fence and you don't know where you stand on this. I just want to say to you, God is real. God is real and he does interact in the lives of his people. And for those who will trust him in faith, he gives an incredible wisdom. God's wisdom is always aligned with reality. That was the disadvantage that these consultants had. They were in a place where they couldn't because they couldn't take that into consideration in their mind. They had to exist as though, no, 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 the only resources are financial resources from conventional sources. No, 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 the only, they couldn't bring that bigger reality into alignment fundamentally worldly wisdom ultimately fails because it's out of alignment with reality is based on false reality let me tell you something this material stuff here it's real i just want to say to you it's not all that's real there is something bigger and true wisdom aligns with that reality and it will often run just completely counter to what we'll call conventional wisdom that does not take the reality of god's presence into consideration The only true wisdom is God's wisdom. Secondly, God's wisdom always sees the big picture. And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called Reflections on Wisdom from the book of James, as found on the sermons page at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. 
River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to the message, Whatever Happened to Wisdom from the book of James? This is Real Life Radio. The only true wisdom is God's wisdom. Secondly, God's wisdom always sees the big picture. That always sees the big picture. Two ideas came up. I read multiple sources in kind of getting ready for this message. Two ideas kept coming up. Big picture, long view, right? And when you think about wisdom, that's pretty good. Big picture, take the big picture into consideration, and take the long view. One of the big things about foolishness is like right now, right now, right now. Wisdom tends to see the big picture and the long view. And that makes perfect sense because God understands the ultimate big picture and is all about the long view. You know, that's just the practical idea of wisdom. The question, how's this going to play out? I wish more people understood how to just ask that question. How is this going to play out? Haven't you ever heard someone you care about telling you something and you knew it was foolishness because they weren't asking the question, if I do this, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, right? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Okay? It just happens. The scripture says, Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. We always reap when we sow. How's this going to play out? What's going to happen? I mean, it's you know, kind of the, the old joke, the redneck's famous last words, you know. Hey, watch this. Hold my beer, you know. And then, then at his funeral the next week, Bubba was a good man. He was so, such a, had a zest for life and doing stupid things, you know. I mean, it's like, you, you just, hey, think about it before you do that. There's a sowing and a reaping. See, the big picture sees how things are connected and how when we sow a seed, it's going to reap a harvest. We call them consequences. We call them consequences. And wisdom understands how all these things are connected. And if I do this, it's going to create some consequences. And, it, and by the way, the world's wisdom is absolutely different than God's wisdom. God's wisdom says, hey, if you have resources and you give some away, you will actually be blessed. You will actually prosper. You will be more abundantly blessed than if you hoard it all yourself. Worldly wisdom says, wait a minute, I'll have less, right? God may say, I want you to take this job instead of this job, but this one makes less money, but... but God says, I've got something bigger than money here for you. It's a different kind of wisdom. And it understands the natural idea of sowing and reaping. It understands consequences. And we live in a world that is desperately trying to get rid of this idea of consequences. And I have to tell you, our government has a terrible habit of forcing forcing wise people to pay the consequences of unwise people. The ridiculous bailouts were a classic example of that. You know, it's still there. That billions of dollars of loss and damage is all sitting there in our deficit. And it's going to come due. At some point, all of the the other supports, all of the loans, all of it's going to stop. And then we're going to be sitting here with a government that's used to operating on this much that now has to operate on this much. We're so committed to getting rid of consequences. I mean, our welfare system, which I am so grateful that we have a system that takes care of people who can't take care of themselves. I'm grateful that we have a nation that has a heart for that. I'm grateful that we as a people, because that's a biblical idea, those who cannot take care of themselves. But our welfare system that puts people for generations and perpetuates poverty, 
that is resulting from unwise living and just keeps people. And the biggest thing is the loss of those people's potential. And they never get to gain wisdom. They never get to grow into the people that God created them to be. And so we just keep paying for unwise living and making wise people who can pay their taxes pay for it. And all it is is just kind of try to save people from consequences. See, God's wisdom always sees the big picture, how things are connected, how they all go together. The only true wisdom is God's wisdom. Number three, God's wisdom always yields good fruit. It always yields good fruit. Luke 10, 33 through 35, John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. These are critics of Jesus, and now Jesus is responding to them. You criticize John the Baptist because he didn't eat and drink. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And then this little verse 35, you need to memorize this, you need to underline, this is so good. Yet wisdom is justified by all her children. In other words, you sow a seed, you're going to reap a harvest. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. Wisdom is always justified by her children. It's always justified by the fruit that emerges from the choices. You want to know wisdom? You want to know if something's wisdom? Examine the fruit. Think about that. Examine the fruit. Lori and I had a conversation this week. We're getting to an age, okay, uh, where... We and people we know, you know, people we've known just throughout the years, we're all starting to get kind of the harvest of fruit, right? Because you may not know, I'm, I'm over 30 and, <laughs> and over 40. And yes, I'm over 50, okay? So really, I, and I just want to say, if you're a 20-something here, you are not yet receiving the fruit, okay? You're still sowing the seeds. And I mean, think about it, e- economically, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to yield fruit one way or another. With your kids, it's going to yield fruit. With your business, with your relationship, your marriage. There's, every area of life, you sow a seed, you reap a harvest. That's what the scripture says. And so we're getting at that age to where we're getting to see people we've known throughout the years and we're all reaping the harvest. And on some of those fronts, man, we celebrate. We celebrate because it's good. Good stuff and we're just thankful. On others of those fronts, it's not so good. And it's heartbreaking. It's like when people who you knew and you tried to intervene and you shared and they didn't listen and now that bad fruit is beginning to emerge. And it's like, ah. Good wisdom always yields good fruits. You see, wisdom requires that you act on it. That's where, that's the sowing part. Okay? And that's just really important. Remember, that's what James said. It requires that you act on it because it's not wisdom until you do it. In fact, you need to say that with me. Ready? It's not wisdom until you do it. Okay? Remember that. Because I can know, I can read about it, I can underline books and all these things. It's not wisdom until I do it. That's when I'm sowing a seed, a wise seed. And that's when I can expect to reap a harvest based on wisdom. Because God's wisdom always yields good fruit. You want good fruit? Seek God's wisdom. Last thing, we'll close with this. God's wisdom is available to any who will ask him in faith. Any. God's wisdom is available to any who will ask him in faith. That's what was so great about what James said. He gives generously to any who ask. And that's one of those prayers 
You know, in 1 John, there's a passage of Scripture that says, if you ask according to his will, if you ask and it's according to his will, he will hear it and you will receive it. That's a powerful promise. This is one of those Scriptures that you can ask knowing, God wants to give this to me. He will hear and he will respond if I ask for wisdom. Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. So the question may be, okay, how do I get this wisdom from God? Well, number one, you ask. Okay? Ask, and I want to encourage you to ask in prayer. Okay? Make this habit to ask in prayer. So when you go to bed at night, pray, Lord, just help me to be a person of wisdom. When you get up in the morning and you spend your time with him, ask him, Lord, make me a person of wisdom. I want to be one who, who hears you. But, but don't let the prayer stop there. Okay? When you're actually involved in that encounter, that financial thing, you're going to, Lord, should I do this? Should I do this? Pray with them. You're with that client and you want to know? Ask the Lord, Lord, give me your wisdom. You know, when, you got, when there's that purchase you want to make and you're like, oh, I got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. Just stop and say, Lord, give me your wisdom. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I knew you'd say no. Let me just tell you little bits of that kind of wisdom, asking for wisdom and then responding in obedience will yield an unbelievable harvest over time of great fruit. By the way, a lifetime of poor decisions made without God's wisdom will also yield a harvest. It's just not one that I would wish on any of you. A second way to get wisdom is to grow in the word. This is wisdom. This is God's word to us. He revealed his character, his nature, his ways for us. We know about Jesus Christ. We know the gospel. We know about Father. We know about his plan for us through the word of God. Powerful, powerful source of wisdom. Be a person of the word. Get in the word daily. I want to encourage you. And we've made that real simple. At reallife.org, we have a Bible reading plan. It's a chapter a day. You'll read the whole Bible in three years. It's a chapter a day. It's designed to allow you to go deep in the Word, to kind of read a chapter and meditate on it. And there's a simple method that we show there. Very easy for you to go and just how to draw truth from the Scripture. It's called REAP. R-E-A-P. Read, examine, apply, and pray. And we teach you how to do that at reallife.org. The very simple way. And I want to encourage you in that. If you have a Bible reading plan, I want to encourage you, be diligent, be all over it. Be a person of the Word. You will be gaining wisdom. God speaking to you through His Word. If you do not have a habit of Bible reading, or you're not sure how, or you sit and go, oh, I look at the Bible, and it's like upside down, and I don't know, and it just doesn't make sense, we have a resource there. We have a resource called Bible Virtuosity. One of our pastors, Mike McGuire, will walk you through a very simple, a very simple process, and very brief. It's a video. You don't even have to read. Look how accessible it is, you know? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But it's a, a little kind of couple-minute video encouragement on, on how to get into the Word. And the first section of them, the first part, and you can see when you go there, you'll see it's real simple. The first part is kind of just general how to study the Scriptures, what, how to look, choose a translation, how to actually look at the Word, different tools to help you. The last part is actually kind of Mike guiding you through the REAP method through the book of Luke, 24 chapters, chapter a day, just to get you started on growing in the Word. And I'm just telling you, if you're not in the Word, you are not accessing God's wisdom. So get on it. Okay? You have your orders. I want you to get into it. All right? Last way. Okay? How do I get it? I ask. I ask in prayer. I grow in the Word. Third is seek wise counsel from wise people. 
Seek wise counsel from wise people. And I want to challenge you to surround yourself with wise people. How do you know who are wise people? You ex- thank you. You examine the fruit. It is that simple. You examine the fruit. Seriously. From the time Lori and I got married, we started looking for people that we considered wise, and some never even knew that they were mentoring us because we just kind of have conversations and listen and pay attention. And, you know, if there's someone who you look at their financial life and you look at, man, they, they have resources, they're able to be generous, and they are generous, and the, their money doesn't own them, but they own their, their money. And, and you just go, God, it's, it's just the way we want it. It looks good, good fruit in their finances. Surround yourself by people like that. Learn from them. When it comes to parenting, raising your kids, look, I don't want to learn from the guy who says, I'll give you some parent advice while his kid is a hellion. Bottom line, that's cool. Hold your advice for a second. Your kid is driving your car off now, and that's not good. You know? I mean, I, I want to learn. I want, we, we identified people who we said, boy, they've got good fruit in their children. Their kids love God. They love their family. They're, they're hardworking. They're, you know, they're well-adjusted. And we saw good fruit. And so we said, we want to go learn from people like that. Look for wise people, godly people. That's why we encourage you to be in a community group. See, in a community group, You'll have all different levels of wisdom there, but one thing you have, every single person is saying, boy, I need wisdom. And they're all going to encourage you in seeking the wisdom and walking in the wisdom that God is giving you. Seek wise counsel from wise people. Surround yourself with wise people. And I, I just want to say, if you will do those things, if you'll become a person who regularly prays for wisdom, ask God to guide you and then do what he says. If you'll grow, commit to grow in the word, and seek wise counsel from wise people and surround yourself with wise people, you will become a person of wisdom and you will see a harvest of wisdom. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio as next week we'll continue this series on wisdom based on the book of James, which is available right now on demand when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church located on Lookout Road right behind Otama Park service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds, like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.